Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You know, make it and, uh, you know, being able to, you know, just stay focused on the, the, the ultimate goal and not get um, sidetracked by all the stuff, you know, that's not that important relating to that um, is important. I feel like we've done a good job keeping um, all the noise down to a minimum and, um, you know, win, lose, or draw, just keeping everything in-house and staying focused on us and um, what we have to do as a team to get better. Um, and whether we have a good game, a bad game, a win, or a loss, you, it's always been very judgmental in um, everything we've done, being very critical of ourselves and doing everything we can at the end of the day to um, go out there and successfully win a game on Sunday. And finally, we are back at it here. We had a week off for the holidays. I'm glad to be with my guys. BK's in the building, Serta's in the building, Showa BK on the Chiefs. And listen, before we get going, because we got a lot to cover, been two weeks since I've been able to to chit chat with my guys. We're gonna be without a uh, BK the next couple of weeks. My man's getting married, man. How about it, man? It, it, play some marriage music right there. So there it is. <laughs> I'm having my... marriage music at the ready. I didn't know you were gonna do this. You got some. You're, so you're you waving around the chopstick like happen, you're uh, orchestra I'm a composer. Composer. as if they can see it. Um, Congratulations. I will check out this video and congratulations to BK getting married if we want to do that later. He's getting married. Congratulations, buddy. Uh, I was not invited to the wedding, um, which is (laughs) sad. Um, but uh, I mean, was I was a date decided before we had a podcast together? Because before yes. we had a podcast, there was <laughs> absolutely cares? no reason he should have just invited you. For I don't me. know. I mean, zero. He's got to be forward on this. I mean, he could have got he could have got a strong gift. I mean, the invitation. Now you don't think he's going to come? But hey, maybe he sees where the. Oh, you know, that, that was a strong play. There were multiple people that I knew, like oh, yeah, yeah. Prob- probably on. not going to be attending the wedding. But but, gonna, but you but never they're know. Gonna find, yeah, they're going to find out where we're registered, and we may have twenty five or fifty on it. And yeah. when you add up them bad boys. That matters. I'm gonna tell you, we it was on a target. They'll find something. Ooh, I'm telling you, is that what we was at Target and we was at Macy's? And I'm telling you, it ain't nothing like when you get married and you get them gifts and you got 117 Target gift cards and you like, whoo, here we go. All right, I'm that one's just it. 25. Okay, who's the some bitch that gave you ten dollars? Okay, every everything counts. Whatever you add them puppies up, you're ready to rock and roll. So. uh Missed out on your Target gift card. Serta would have had one. Serta would have been the guy that gave you nine dollars. If I didn't no. let Serta come nah, in, nine, yeah. nine, he's I wasted all his monies on a, on a gym membership, so he doesn't have anything to give to me. That um, I did that I'm not using. I would have given. I would have done what I did at Vern's wedding, which was just give him something that I had laying around the house. That's, that's amazing. Terrible. No, that's that's amazing. Not, it no, was a nice present, though. He got he got a Nest, a Nest thermostat. 
I just that's have right. I would just that's have, right. have an that's extra right. black market nest thermostat leg around yeah. my apartment, and I gave it to Vern for his wedding. That somebody had already gotten him <laughs> on the registry. Someone had already bought that gift, and he's now ended up with two of them. I mean, just you know, whatever your selfishness. Uh, Pro tip so, for anybody getting married anytime soon. If you're doing a registry, make sure you do one on Amazon. They give you a discount afterwards. So I, anything I, that you put on your registry, you're able to purchase yourself after if nobody else gets it for you for a discounted price. It's a, it's a very nice deal. See, I, I'm telling you, Doug, I shot everything. I didn't have, I didn't go Amazon. Like I said, we went Macy's and Target. Hey, listen. I had that, they gave me that gun, like I'm sure you had, where you got to walk through and just shoot everything as items. That See, you... it's COVID right now. They don't have any of that stuff right oh, now. Oh, damn, damn. I'm yeah. 10 years ago. Listen, that lady, the, the person, and I took it to heart. That person said, hey, look, you never know what people will get, so you might as well just take your chance. And I bet, you bet, I'm out here at washers and dryers shooting them over. <laughs> if, you, if you check my registry, there's washer and dryers. There's refrigerators. There is uh, there is just all kinds of stupid stuff. I mean, I shot everything up and down that wine aisle. I that, I got wine glasses. I got uh, electric uh, openers. I did it all. Boy, I'm shooting everything in that boy. I, I mean, that thing, man. I shot everything in the store. Everything I think my favorite the- thing that I put on there was a dartboard that we did actually end up getting. It's like the full set. It's like the. The, the wall, it's got a laser that comes down onto the ground right in front of you to show you where to shoot from. It's great. It's great. One day, sir, you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> and I'll, But I'm not going to do that. You're right. I'm not, I don't believe that, man. There is somebody out there waiting <laughs> to be your love. There is a there is a lady out there who is waiting to be Mrs. Serta. There's a lady out there who loves Marvel. There's a lady out there who is obsessed with watching okay. the We can end. talk about the Chiefs, though. We can move on. I no, like no. There's a lady too much about me. It's BK's big, sh- big <laughs> send-off show no, into no, marriage. No. Don't be modest. There is a lady out there who will watch the final seasons of Walking Dead, even though she wants to give up on it because I hate it's so it. bad, I hate but it. just it's hanging awful. in. The garbage show. Nobody it. should watch it anymore. There's somebody out there who is gearing up for this new season of Dexter that's waiting for you. She's I'm in it. There, it see? sucks. It also sucks. I'm, I'm in it right now. I hate it. It's total fan service. Michael C. Hall, you can't be hurting for money that bad. Yeah, there's a there's a Lori out there who doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be Lori Serta. Um, and then she's waiting. She is waiting. So, Lori, we know you're out there. We know you're out there. So, BK, congratulations. Honeymoon, wedding coming up. BK going to the same place on this honeymoon that I went to, Putacana. That's right. Uh, it's good times. Good times. Hopefully your uh, your resort's not as cheap as mine. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, baby, had that nice view when you came outside and looked and saw those chain link fences outside of, <laughs> outside of the hotel. <laughs> but hey, baby, we had a good time, baby. I'm telling you what. But the drinks were flowing and they were I'm free. I'm telling you, baby. I'm telling you. I tipped the guy $5 the first day. Came in, I tipped him five dollars. Man, you'd have thought I—I I thought I gave him three hundred. The way he reacted, <laughs> that man followed us around the next six days, and he's got you, got you, Phillips. Anytime we came close to being finished, filling us up. So have a good time, man, and and, and salute to to our guy BK My who man. was tying the knot. 
with his with his beautiful bride to be. All right, BK, you will be following the Chiefs, I'm sure of it, while you're out there. And here is here is the question I have an answer to. Um, usually, I'm right, uh, but I don't know if I am on this case. This is the question: the Chiefs seem to have written write it. That's probably it. Write it the ship here. They've gone on a little streak. They've taken care of business. They've beaten the Packers, beaten the Cowboys, beaten the Raiders in this stretch, and now they're in first place in the AFC West, and they look primed to to kind of make a run the rest of the way coming off the bye week. But my question is this. Can the Chiefs get to the place that they want to get to, and that is winning it all? That was what they started this for. That's what this season is about. This ain't about no make the playoffs. It's about can we get our second Super Bowl in three years? Can we make it to a third straight Super Bowl, which not a lot of teams have done uh, at all in the history of this league? Can the Chiefs get and, and achieve all their goals with their defense being the best part of this team? It is hard for me, BK and Serta, to see that as a yes. They, they've, they've been able to get through this, and they have, they have fought hard. I did not think they were going to be able to beat the Cowboys scoring 19 points and they give up nine or however much they gave up. I didn't think they would beat the Packers. I don't care who was playing quarterback with them scoring 13 points, right? This Chiefs defense this year, the totality of the year, the Chiefs defense has been the best part of the team. And I don't think that can continue and the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, get to a Super Bowl, achieve their goals. That's just me. I don't think that the Chiefs defense can be the best part of the team and they catch New England. I don't think the Chiefs defense can be the best part of the team and they beat Buffalo or Baltimore again. This offense has to move forward and take back over the reins as being the best part of the team. I think I agree with you. Now, let's set a standard, though, of what the Chiefs defense has been, because it hasn't just been the best unit on the team. It's been the best defense in the league now since week six. Weeks one through five, nobody allowed more points in the league than the Chiefs. They allowed 163 points in the first five weeks of the season. Washington was second with 155 allowed. Since week six, the Chiefs defense has allowed 87 points. That is the fewest in the league. The Patriots are second at 98. The Chiefs defense has not just been good for them, for their standards. It's been good relative to anybody. It's been the best relative to anybody else in the league. So that's the standard that we're talking about. If they are that the rest of the year, if you believe they have have that kind of a ceiling in them, this defense. Yeah, the answer is yes, they can win the Super Bowl with that defense. I don't believe they're that defense. I don't think they're going to be the best scoring defense in the league the rest of the year, especially when you get into the postseason and you're going up against offenses that are far better than some of the ones that they've seen of late. So my answer to your question, just based on what we know about this team, is no. I think this offense has to start getting back on track. They've got to start proving to all of us that they're still the Kansas City Chiefs of old. And that might be different. It might not be... You're the best scoring offense in the league. You're throwing for 400 yards a week. Patrick Mahomes leading the league in passing. He's throwing for 50 touchdowns. Like that might not happen this year. That's fine. Yeah. You've got to be able to consistently put up 27 or more points. That that's what ha- needs to happen for the Chiefs moving forward for me to believe in them as a legit Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I, I just like sort of. I, I I it is hard for me 
because listen, I, I don't I'm not I don't think the, the, the Chiefs or Tyron Matthew or Chris Jones or Frank Clark or any of them need to apologize with uh with who they've been faced in front of them. But if we're gonna be honest, and just with the conversation of can they continue to be the best part of the team and they get to where they want to get to, we gotta be honest and say, well, I mean, they didn't really play the real Green Bay Packers. I mean, they didn't they didn't I mean, Aaron not being there changes the whole game. I'm gonna tell you right now. They scored 13 points, and Aaron Rodgers is out there as a the quarterback. He's not missing some of the throws or throwing some of the or throwing that one at least interception that Love threw. Uh, I don't think they win that game. I certainly don't think they're holding them to seven points. Uh, I mean, you look at Dallas. You know, I think they played pretty well, but there was no Amari Cooper, and then Ceedee Lamb didn't play in the second half, and I don't think Zeke was his complete self, and they didn't have their maybe their best offensive lineman, uh, Jones, their left tackle. And there was a play that directly led to Frank Clark getting a turnover that went to points for the Chiefs. So, I mean, I, I think you just have to be honest. The Raiders, too, they had they've kind of been in shambles up and down and didn't have uh, Henry Ruggs for good reason. But he wasn't there. Like, I, I just think there has been some some issues sort of where you look at it and say uh, they, they've had some unfortunate help that has helped their defense to look this good, to look like, as uh, as BK said, by the numbers, the number one defense in the game. And you can't expect that to be because I can still remember what I saw them look like against Buffalo. I can still remember what I saw them look like against Baltimore. And I know they're a different defense, but I don't think you're holding those teams to 14 points. Yeah, but – I mean, I, I do agree that, like, yeah, they caught breaks. Like, Amari Cooper just getting COVID and not being in that Cowboys game was a break. CeeDee Lamb getting injured and leaving with a concussion was a break for you defensively, and we saw the Cowboys go on to struggle the following week when they didn't have those guys available. But the defensive turnaround has been really impressive, and I think it just goes back to, like, what we've been saying all year is that they just can't be the worst defense in football. This offense is what's going to win you championships. It's always what's been what's going to win you championships because at the end of the day, when it is clicking and when it is moving the way that it's supposed to, it's one of the most unstoppable units in the NFL. At no point under any circumstance do I believe you can say that about the defense and, and like fully believe it when you say it. Like this defense is talented. And they're playing closer to where we thought they should have been playing at the beginning of the season when they were injured, when they were figuring things out or whatever. But the offense is the reason you're going to win championships. So this defense is playing a little bit above its head right now. But as long as they're like average middle of the pack and this offense continues to be what makes you move, then you'll be fine. And but see, that's the problem, sort of, because BK, the way that the offense is playing that standard and expectation that we've had about the defense, as, as Serta just said, well, they just can't be the worst defense. No, that's not going to do it. By the way, by the way this offense has played, they've had to be this, right? Like, like just think about it, Serta. As you said, if they could be average, man, with this Chiefs offense, if that defense, what is average? What right in the middle, 15, 16, something like that? If they were just average, they're, I mean, they're going to kill teams. But they needed to be more than just average. Like they've had to be really good to win these games. So this, like I'm saying, this offense needs to get to a space. 
that they can, like what Serta said, just don't be awful. Just don't be the worst. No, this offense is playing to a place where they need to be more than not just the worst. Like, they got to be good because this offense is putting up 19 points against the Cowboys at home. This put this, this offense put up 13 points against the Packers. Like this defense has had to raise its level to have to help this team win. It's always a sliding scale. And, and that's something to keep in mind. Like our, our expectations coming into the year, I'm totally with Serta. If the offense was playing up to that level, yeah. then we'd be talking about defense. All you got to do is just allow 24 points a game. You do that, we're good. That's that's all I need out of you. Right now, they have to be better than that because the Chiefs have scored more than 24 points, what, once in their last five games now? So oh, no. if if they were at that level, you'd be having huge, huge problems right now going into this game against Denver. And every game from here on out would be a must win to even make the playoffs, much less to do any damage once you get in. So the defense is hugely important. And what they've done really since week six has been incredibly impressive, even with the understanding of who they've gone up against and some of the injuries or um, COVID issues that those teams have gone with. But I I do think this offense has to get back on track. Um, And I'm not just saying that because like we know Patrick Mahomes has a higher ceiling. I just don't know how sustainable all of this is defensively. I think they're legitimately good. I think what we're watching right now is, and Ron, you made this, comparison uh, a few shows ago what we're watching with the defense is very similar to what we saw in the Super Bowl year where they had that game against the Broncos and everything came into place and we asked that question right after we saw them start performing better where it was like hey could that have been their Broncos game where your offense wasn't able to be up to par and your defense ended up winning you that game and then moving forward the defense became a big part of the story of what that was that's all fine and dandy but you got into the playoffs that year. You scored 51 against Houston, 35 against Tennessee, and 31 against the 49ers. It was the offense that won you that Super Bowl. The defense got you there. The offense was what won it for you. And that's gonna be the that's gonna be the necessary formula once again this year if they're able to get there. It's how they're built, fellas. Like this this team is built for the offense to be the the guiding force. And they have to take the reins back. After the bye week, they got to take the reins back and say, all right, we're here. Like, all right, we're, we're ready to take this thing back over to where – because this defense is not built to, hey, man, get us six consecutive stops like they've had to do. Hey, man, we need you guys to hold them down under 10 in the second half. Hell, under seven in the second half. Hey, man, we're going to play the Packers. Need you guys to only give up a touchdown for us to win. Like that, that that's not sustainable. And that's not gonna if they gotta play a run of you know the 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 Colts, the Ravens, and the Bills or the Patriots in the in the playoffs to expect this defense to to do what they're doing right now and the defense to be the best part of the team, that ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen to me. And I and I don't think they're gonna get to where they want to get to. Um, and, and that 2019 team, that's a perfect example. When Reggie Ragland started to switch to Funyuns, it really changed the game. Uh, he came off. He was. I remember talking to him about it. Reggie was like, I've been on these cool ranch Doritos, cool ranch Doritos. Let me switch over. And it was that. Uh, was when they, about it? Yeah. Yeah. First off, like, you see, You're the, so you see full the hat. Of crap. 
You're so full of crap. Reggie's nasty too. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was working with you at the time. I don't remember us having a conversation with Reggie. It was private. They were tired. A lot of beer drinking at that point. Um, We went to uh, me and me and Vern hosted, or we were uh, we were celebrity guests, judges at uh, an event with Ty or with uh, Travis Kelsey. Talked to Reg. Reg told me then allegedly. uh, Reg told me then switch from the Cool Ranch Doritos. And they started making the hot fire Fritos. Bam. And he scored a touchdown in that Denver game, if you remember. And he's what a story, man. What a story. With the hot fire Fritos. Is Reggie so, uh, still in the league right now? Yeah, yeah man. Playing with the Lions last time. Oh, oh that's right. Is. Yeah, somebody is. watched him on Thanksgiving. It was great to see him. That was, man. It's good for, for, it's good for Reggie, man. For and Reggie. Hot yeah, so he's going to have to make yeah. the switch again. He's going to have to make the switch again. I'm here. He's going to need more than that this time around, buddy. I hear He's going to need God on this side, I hear they side got, this time. I think they got barbecue cheeses. I think they got barbecue cheeses. Maybe <laughs> that's that's where he goes next. All right, we do it every uh, every week when the Chiefs have the ball, when the Broncos have the ball. Let's start when the Chiefs have the ball. And, look, we've talked about the offense, and this is a game where they got to they, – we got to really see if they're willing to uh, pass the test uh, the way that they need to pass the test, right? Are they really, really at the point, BK, to be disciplined enough to do what they need to do against these defenses that everyone has been successful with, has played on them, and that is we're not going to let you make big plays on us. We're going to have two safeties back, and we're going to make you have to be patient and take it down the field. They have The majority of the season have not been able to do it. They did it against the Raiders and were able to get them out of it. At times, they did it uh, against the Cowboys, but that felt like maybe not a step back, but at least in the same space. Denver, Denver, this is their base defense, BK, and 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 I think this is this is really what this game is about offensively. Yeah, and the problem with the Raiders and the Cowboys game when it comes to this kind of evaluation is those teams just they play the cover three and they're going to stick with it. And they did a little bit of the cover two, but a lot of what they did game plan wise was just the same thing they always do. And they were like, hey, we're going to beat you by playing our defense. Yeah, we understand that all these other teams, they're playing you differently and it's working. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and stick with what we do. Didn't work. Uh, The Raiders gave up 41 points against the Chiefs. The Chiefs looked great in that game. And it was like, oh, okay, maybe the offense is back. And then you watched it against the Cowboys and they did play a little bit more of the cover two stuff. And it was, it looked good at times. And then it just kind of reverted back to the same issues that we had seen previously. This to me is a prove it week. You are in a situation where you're coming off of the bye. Andy Reid is 19 and three in the regular Mm. season coming off of the bye week. They have won 11 straight games as a team against the Denver Broncos. Everything is pointing in the favor of the Chiefs this week. This should be the game where they get the offense back on track. Denver's defense is solid, and they got a lot of talent on that side of the ball, even without Von Miller over there. If the Chiefs are going to do what we're talking about, Ron, and they're going to be a legit Super Bowl contender, and this offense is going to get back on track, this is where it has to start. When we would talk about the Patriots when they were going through their runs, it was post-Thanksgiving, they became the team that they ultimately were in the playoffs. You remember that year, what was it, 2018, where they ended up beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. They completely changed as a team after Thanksgiving. They became a run first, we're going to run it down your throat with Sony Michelle type of a team. And that's what they were in the postseason, and it won them a Super Bowl. What are the Chiefs going to be? 
this year? I don't know the answer to that question, but we need to find out this weekend because this is going to be the game that shows us what they can do against this style of defense that has stymied them all season long. They've got to find some answers right now. And to me, if they're able to do it, like this will be enough where I'm like, all right, all right, I believe this is something they're going to do. That This is something that they can continue to move forward because it's a copycat league. That's what teams are going to do. Teams are going to say, all right, man, well, the Chargers had success with it in Kansas City. The Ravens, to a certain extent, had some success with it. Uh, we watch all these teams, Green Bay, we watch all these team ha- teams have success with just playing this way because it's for some, whatever reason, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, all of them uh, don't have the patience to go ahead and just take the easy stuff and march down the field. They want, they get antsy and want to make big plays. This is the test because Denver's going to do it. And, and we know, hell, this is the first, this is the first of two meetings coming up soon. They're going to do it again. Uh, the Chargers, they play the Chargers again. They're going to do it again in LA when they play them, just like they did the first con- first game they played. Can they, can they pass this test? And if they're able to do it, to me, I feel better if they've got to face the Patriots because Bill's going to do it. I feel better if they got to face Buffalo again. I'd feel much better to see them this not just be a one-week thing that they did, that this is something that they can continue to do moving forward. Oh, and so much more than those other games where, like, we know we knew kind of going into those games that, like, Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley are going to try to do what they do because that's just, like, the kind of coaches that they are. They think – their system is the best way to do things, but smarter defensive coordinators are going to change things up. Smarter defensive minded head coaches are going to do the things that have really been slowing the chiefs offense. So if you could see huge strides from them in this game, like that's more encouraging than the other games for me. And it's, it's simply because you know what Vic Fangio is going to do. And if the chiefs legitimately stick to the short passing game and keep doing what they're doing, running the football with Clyde and those guys or whatever, then I'm going to be encouraged by that because the deep ball is coming for the offense. In my opinion, like it's inevitably going to open up downfield because teams are going to have to start playing closer. Teams are going to have to start respecting the run. As long as the chiefs continue to produce that way, if they continue to do it and you want that thing to open up in the playoffs, you want that deep ball to be there in the playoffs. And I think, Doing this now and being patient with it and going against what Andy Reid generally does is going to give you the opportunity to make sure that that stuff's there in January. Did you see no. the graphic this week, by the way, Serta, on, on the Chiefs' drops? Because the Chiefs have lost more production from drops this year from Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey than anybody else in the entire yeah. league. So <laughs> on those deep shots that you're talking about, like they're there. They've been there this year. Yeah. And Mahomes, they even at times, has hit them. And it's just it's become a problem where sometimes they catch them and they fumble or they just drop them on the dot. It's it's been a real issue for them. And eventually, you're right. I, I think those are going to land. And when they do, watch out. This offense will look like it's fixed again. But for the here and now, just it hasn't happened yet. But uh, but as I think to what Serta is saying, you you give yourself a chance to have those openings more often if you just. Will like you know a quarter, two quarters, just keep killing them on fifteen yards to 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 Clyde, or you know ten yards on the end, you know to the inside with Pringle and, and Tyreek, and and then they got they got to change something. 
because, I mean, teams aren't just going to – I mean, you can march down and score touchdowns. They're going to have to do something different uh, at some point, and they've got to take more chances, especially if the game gets away from them. Uh, so I know it's so weird to say this, Ron, but I think I think Byron Pringle is one of the keys to the offense this week. Like, I can't believe that I'm saying that in early December. Uh, if you would have told me that before the season, I would have said something has gone horribly wrong for the Chiefs. But Sammy Watkins was huge in some of these games against Denver in the past, and, speci- uh, and in particular against these styles of defense that are trying to take away the deep ball from the Chiefs. I, I think that role has now gone to Byron Pringle, for better or worse. He- he's the guy that has to step up for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just yeah. And but but really, where he the area that you're talking about is an area that's there for them to try to take advantage of. That then teams are going to have to try to take away, and then bam, then the downfield stuff with with Hill and Hardman can take place. But it's like a basket. It's like a big man in the post. You got to do your work early uh, to get position to then be able to execute at the end. The Chiefs have to do their work early and just keep keep killing them and keep killing them to force them to change up, right? Like like the Charger game. I think if they didn't just start carelessly turning the ball over and continue to move the ball down the field and that interception to Kemp's not an interception or Tyreek's fumble is not a fumble or, or Clyde's fumble is not a fumble and they're putting points on the board, the Chargers were going to have to come out of that eventually and the Chiefs wouldn't have been and Patrick Mahomes I don't think would have felt so uh forced to try to make plays because it would have been they would have been up two scores so I, I, they just got to take it and execute that that's the big part the turnovers too have, have have slowed up so that's not a big deal I know something that you're you're talking about also when the Chiefs have the ball BK is th- this Broncos defense is pretty good uh, but I remember watching them a couple of weeks um, against the Eagles, and the Eagles just ran rough shot over their asses, over 200 yards. And to me, especially which the way they're going to play and how this Chiefs offensive line has has been in the run game, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, now off, uh, you know, the bye week, get a little bit more time with that leg. He's a he's a key factor. Him and Williams in the run game. That could be a way that they could take advantage of of, of the Broncos is running the football because I don't think the Broncos are going to come out of uh, stopping the big play unless they just the score gets away from them so much that they have to. But running the football could be a huge thing for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have the running game to do it. Like Clyde's been pretty good this year when he's been healthy, and they've even had some pretty good production out of uh, Daryl Williams as well when he's been out there. And this offensive line is is mean and physical up front. Like there are some yeah. legit uh, arguments that so far this year, I mean, Orlando Brown hasn't been playing at a Pro Bowl level, but he's been really good in the running game. Uh, you look to the interior of this O-line, you might have two guys playing at a Pro Bowl type of level right now, and we'll see what they end up doing at right tackle this week. But, man, they could get after it up front in the running game. I would love to see them stay committed to it this week. And I'm not typically the guy that says that for this team. I'm typically a throw it, throw it, throw it. You've got Patrick Mahomes, find a way to make that work. Against this defense, if they're going to have those two safeties going deep, this is the type of situation where you want to see Clyde Edwards-Alaire go to work on the ground. Washington ran for over 100 against him. You mentioned Philly, 200 yards uh, on the ground. 
Cleveland almost 200 yards. Uh, Pittsburgh about 150. This is a defense that can be run on, and if they're going to stay in that too high shell that we've seen so much against the Chiefs this year, this could be a really big game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They're going to, sort of. Like, Vic Vangio is going to say, all right, you're going to have to beat me running the football. Like, you're going to have to do it until you make me come out of it. And now if the if they run the football to some success and they get themselves a lead, then I think Vic may have to come out of it if it's like 21 to 3 or something. And I think Vic may have to start to do stuff to, to stop the run. But they got to – I mean, the Broncos are going to yell, hey, run it. We dare you. This – yeah. This we, we is a perfect game, perfect game to get Clyde involved in the passing game. Get Clyde some, some design screens, please. Let's see what Clyde can do in that part of the Chiefs offense because they've never utilized him that way. This is the perfect game for it. Uh, okay. If it's an extension of the run game in some sorts, they get him in the passing game like that, sure, little stuff like that. Like, uh, the swing routes, they'll, they'll be open, but – I, I, like I, I'm with BK. I think they can run the football with success here. I agree um, with Serta. Actually, I think they should absolutely get invo- involved in the passing game. These linebackers stink against the pass. Yes. If you're gonna if you're gonna beat Perfect them somewhere, it's Byron Pringle on the outside with like the the quick passing game that they have been using a little bit more of late. And then it's got to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire with some option routes across the middle. It, it is something they should utilize. Now they should also run it down their throat. Both of those things can be true. But I, I absolutely – they haven't done it in two years, so it's probably not happening. No. But if they have self, it's there. self-scouted at all, that's something I would love to see them do is get Clyde more involved in the passing game. It's like it's certainly there. But I mean, both aspects of it because they're going to be defending the big play at all times. And run – like I said, if it's an extension of the, the passing – the run game, they're going to get – they're going to have that, like – I think those little swing routes are going to be there for eight to, to 15 yards. And with Clyde, he has the ability to break tackles and make people miss. It could be bigger chunk plays, like easy 15, 20-yard plays from Mahomes that are four or five-yard throws. But Clyde Clyde, and the, and, the, and the backs should, especially early, have a big impact in this game because – they gotta, they gotta make. That's the thing. Make Vic Fangio and the the Broncos defense flinch. Make them have to to do something to come out of what they're doing um, to help that. And we're talking about the run game. It's going to be big on the offensive line. I'm telling you, this this is one of the things Sunday night. I'm really intrigued. Is hey, who the hell is going to be the five? Who's going to be the five out of there? I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I know the four, but who the hell is going to be the right tackle? Uh, Andy's out here being coy as hell about uh, about uh, uh, Kyle Long, and if he's going to play, he's back off IR. And I know you, BK, have been talking about Kyle Long playing right tackle. You thinking that's that's the deal? They said he's been at practice. He's he's been rolling. That's going to be the interesting thing to see who is going to be playing right tackle. Will it be Wiley? Will it be Lucas, or, or, or are they going to go ahead and move uh, Kyle Kyle Long there? That that's the that's one of the most interesting things for me to see. 
totally with you. I don't think it's going to be Niang. He got a limited practice in on Wednesday. He did not practice on, we're recording this on Thursday night. He didn't practice on Thursday. Typically when you see those guys downgraded, it's not a good sign for their availability on Sunday. So I don't think it's going to be him. Um, it, it's probably going to be one. Rimmers is on IR right now. It, it's probably going to be one of Wiley or Long. Long's been a full participant at both practices so far this week. He's officially activated at this point from the IR or the PUP. I, I think I would go with him. If, he, if he's ready, if he's actually good to go, Yeah, I think you start him this Sunday and find out what you've got there. Wiley's fine, but his best spot is at guard, and we've seen what he is out there at right tackle. He, he's, he's all right. I think Kyle Long gives you a much higher upside, and I don't know exactly what the downside is right now. So I would go with Kyle Long. I heard earlier today Ian Rappaport was on with Pat McAfee's show, and he said he thinks there's a legit chance that Kyle Long starts for the Chiefs this weekend. So it's not a far-fetched idea. The Chiefs are clearly at least giving it an uh, an idea. They're, they're giving it a possibility. That's where I would go. Serta, where would you go on this? I mean, I agree with you that they should just give him a look. Like, let's see what Kyle Long is there for because you already trade away LDT, who's an interior offensive lineman, because he didn't need him. And the flexibility that Long gives you in case of injury, like interior to tackle, is great and whatever. But at one point, they brought him in, and we were like, oh, this dude's going to be a starter for them. And they kind of were treating him like he was going to, okay, he's going to play for them. They brought him out of retirement to come play for the Chiefs. So if they're confident that he is healthy, and the last time we actually saw him play and be healthy on a football field, he was still a good football player. So, yeah, I would like to see that because we still have question marks about the right tackle. Like, And it's totally fair to be concerned with that with the way that the offensive line fell apart last year, it's totally okay to be like, okay, what's going to happen if Niang's not healthy or Remmers isn't healthy. Andrew Wiley, that's what we're going to roll into the postseason with. Maybe Kyle Long is like that last bookend that you need along the offensive line. That'll like seal this thing and be like, okay, this thing is a straight up like barricade in front of Patrick Mahomes headed into the playoffs. Well, whoever it is, I think the previous thing we just spoke about, it's why that needs to happen. Them needing to run the ball because the thing that makes me most nervous about the Broncos and this offensive line is their pass rush. That may be the best part of this defense. I know Patrick Sertain is really coming along and he will make a play if you, if you get careless with the football, but this pass rush with Bradley Chubb and company uh, that's, that's the part. And if you can run the ball to slow that up, and get the quick passing game out to slow that up. That'll help Kyle Long and 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 Orlando Brown because that to me that to me with everything here is the real focus and how things could get away. I don't think they will, but how things could get away for the Chiefs offensively is if that that defensive line starts to control the game. They've legitimately got four pass rushers. Bradley yeah. Chubb, Shelby Harris, Jonathan Cooper, a first round or a seventh round pick this year, rather, uh, is, is coming on pretty strong. I think he's part of why they decided it was okay to trade Von Miller this year. And Draymond Jones has been a really good player since he's entered the league. They've got four dudes who can just crush you on your offensive line. 
it's it's one of the biggest matchups in this game when the Chiefs have the football is what their offensive line is able to do to negate that pass rush from the Broncos. If that pass rush gets home, we've seen what this looks like. Mahomes gets a little skittish in the pocket. He starts rushing things with his processes, and it can go wrong for him very quickly if they are able to give him the clean pocket and they're able to blow some holes open for Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the running game. Now that's how the Chiefs are able to stay on track. They get ahead of the sticks regularly, and now you're looking at third and two, third and three, and the Chiefs have been one of the best short yardage teams in the league this year. So that's that's what they've got to be able to do regularly in this game. They've got to negate that pass rush, man. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll be a big key there uh, for the Chiefs is, is how that O-line handles things when the Chiefs have the ball. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's move when the, uh, when the Broncos have the ball. And the number one thing, baby, coming off that game, it's been two weeks since the Dallas game, is the best player on the field was Chris Jones. Your boy. The guy guy who crazy-ass Pete Sweeney lost his damn mind at the start of the season saying he was going to break Michael Strahan's sack record. We actually saw that dude who many people thought could be a defensive player of the year uh, candidate. He he was literally, like, I'm not kidding, like, Pat Mahomes was out there, Tyreek Hill was out there, Travis Kelsey was out there, Micah Parsons was really good out there, Dak Prescott. Chris Jones was the most dominant force on the field. It wasn't just the three and a half sacks that I will just take to four. It wasn't the four sacks. It wasn't just that or the tip ball interception to end the game that Snead was able to get. It was every play it felt like he was a problem. He was ruining drives, not just a drive, uh, but drives. And if they got that dude, if moving forward that dude – Obviously, we don't have to talk any more stupid stuff about him playing defensive end. But if they have that dude out there, this this takes this is this is what you expect it to be the key to this 
this defense because he makes everything easier for everybody else if he's playing possessed like that. You guys remember in the preseason when we were talking about the defensive line, it was like, man, this could be a really good unit. Like if this comes together the way we're all expecting, they could be dominant among their defensive line. We thought it could be their best unit on the roster. Yes. And then it just wasn't for like six weeks. And there were no real rhyme or reasons as to why. And now you look at it and it's like, oh, that's why. Chris Jones was hurt. Frank Clark wasn't right. They didn't have a defensive end opposite Frank Clark to be able to put out there. Oh, okay. Suddenly it's starting to make a lot of sense. Well, now you have a defensive end opposite Frank Clark, and it's Melvin Ingram. And I think you're going to see a lot of him this Mm. week. And you need to because he's been really good whenever he's been on the field for them. Uh, And that's your bookend guys there on the defense. And Jaron Reed has even had a couple of moments recently. Chris Jones had his best game of the season by far against the Cowboys. All right, now you're starting to see what the depth can look like behind that. Alex Okafor suddenly is a bit piece in this rotation. Tershawn Wharton just comes in for specific situations. Same thing for Mike Dana. Okay, now everything's starting to fall into place, and that makes everything on the back end also look a lot better. If Chris Jones can be this guy, you don't got to get three and a half, four sacks a week, but if he can get be a guy that consistently is making plays and making the quarterback uncomfortable – and you're getting this kind of play out of your defensive ends, I I mean, I don't know that they can be the best defense in football. That's probably a long shot. But they could be top 10. They could easily be a top 10 defense in the league if they continue to have this kind of production up front. Yeah, Melvin Ingram's been really big. I'm glad you brought his name up. Uh, two four's been really big for this team. And it looks like, I don't know, maybe Frank's getting healthy. Uh, it looks like you're just getting some, some more uh, something out of him. Uh, and he made a big play against Dallas, although he was just untouched. It was just a complete lone assignment. Uh, but Don't whatever. take that away from Frank. Don't take that away take, from I'm Frank. I'm not taking anything away He's from back, him. all right? He's back. So let him, let him be back. I can look into your eyes from here and can tell you don't believe that. No one in your family believes that. And I actually Lily, think he is. And Lily and your dog over there doesn't <laughs> believe that. They don't. They no, no one believes that. that he, I think he's, he's back. Believed. He's back. He's the best ball he's of back. his life. He's, he's the back. best ball of his life. He said oh, it today. They got their swagger back. They found it. It's there. He's wait, not playing the wait. best ball of his life, Steve. Wait, 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 wait. I actually do think Frank Clark might be back. God, I hate you. The shark, baby. He's back. He's back. There's blood in the water. I, I mean, he's playing so much better over the last four weeks, Ron. Like he, he, he really does. You can tell he is healthy now and he just wasn't right earlier in the season. That doesn't mean they should bring him back next year at his cap hit of whatever it is, $25 million. That's a different conversation entirely. Yeah, no, cut him. Cut him. <laughs> cut him in the offseason. But, but he's doing but, fine. But he's back but now. But Frank Clark looks good. I, I'm not willing to go there. But Frank Clark looks good right now. He looks better. I, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a stickler for the words. He looks better, all right? <laughs> he's, he, he's not back. He looks better. He looks better, and he helps the team win. And he looks like, at times, he can win one-on-one battles. Yes. Right, right. Like, but, but no one the, – the Cowboys weren't, saying, weren't over there saying, boy, we got to stop 5-5. Five, five. We got to add – we got to chip somebody with their backup tackle. No. I mean, he got up there and got a nice uh, strip sack – when he was completely untouched, uh, completely untouched, just unevaded to the quarterback. 
Uh, Do you, man, did you want him to go out of his way to get touched? Would it would it have been? No, I'm just being honest about it. I'm, you're saying he's playing the best ball of his career that you don't believe, and now he's back, and then BK has suckered himself into, you know what? <laughs> I think he is back. Now he's playing better. He's playing better. But Chris Jones, Chris Jones, I, I want to see if he's back. I want to see him put together – uh, multiple games. Actually, you know what? He's been playing really well lately anyway. This game, it just came. I mean, what he did to Zach Martin a couple of times. And Zach Martin's a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. at guard. And he just he just made Zach feel bad about his whole self. I mean, Zach did not enjoy Thanksgiving. And he played a game before <laughs> it. He did not enjoy it after just getting his ass kicked by 95 the whole way. But I'm telling you, BK, and I'll let you jump in here. They're going to need this Chris Jones to be rolling because the potential of what this secondary, even with mm. even with the second coming of what I like to call the black Chad Pennington um, and, 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 Teddy, <laughs> and Teddy Bridgewater. That's uh, such a great cop. It's such a great got, cop. I have never heard that, and it's such a great cop. Yeah, he's got I've that, never heard you say that either. Yeah, he's got a pistol shooter. Uh, they've got the same – they're pulling the same uh, water gun out of their, out of, out of their holster. Uh, but the, the black Chad Pennington uh, – uh, and I mean, and just because he's black doesn't mean he's mobile. He's just as mobile as Chad Pennington in every fashion. But the black Chad Pennington, even with him out there, he always uh, lost a leg. All right, you can't be running around out here. Yeah, okay, uh, but where we're looking at, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Rashawn Rashad Fenton, who has been, and you look at numbers, Pro Football Focus, hell, he, they've got him rated as I think the top corner in the league. Um, he's he's been one of the best corners in football, uh, and, and he may be out. He hasn't practiced. What is this Thursday? We're doing this. We'll see what happens Friday. But he had practice this week with that with that uh, with that injury, and that means Mike Hughes is going to be put in here. And I still I still at times see Mike Hughes with against Mike Williams or Mike Hughes against anybody in that Charger game, just absolutely getting uh, burnt up. So they're going to need Chris Jones. To, uh, to to really be the guy he was against Dallas to maybe slow slow this this uh this uh this pass passing game down even with the black uh Chad Pennington still with Tim Patrick and, and Judy and and Sutton they've got some receivers Noah fan as well if he has time I, I I'm not real confident uh in this secondary especially which we know we obviously know coming into it Daniel Sorensen's going to get 40 percent of the snaps if not more, and then Mike Hughes is out there together as well, That that that's problematic, potentially. Yeah, this ain't good. Um, he just he can't, he can't defend these guys. It's a really bad matchup. The Chiefs have good matchups on the other sides, right? Legereus Sneed, he's perfectly fine against Jerry Judy in the slot. You feel good about that one. You go to the other side, Traverius Ward, who's played pretty well of late, feel okay about him against either Tim Patrick or Corton Sutton. He's going to lose some of those matchups, but he'll win a couple as well. Mike Hughes, one-on-one against Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton, who can moss Mm -mm. him at any moment. No interest, man. There might be some people in our audience that are hearing this, and they're like, Tim Patrick, really? Dude, Tim Patrick is good. They re-signed him, and I was broken 
in my heart because I wanted him to be the next number two receiver for the Chiefs. I thought he would have been great here. He's a, he's a stud, man. So I that stinks um, that he's not going to be a Chief. It also stinks that he's going to be lined up one-on-one against Mike Hughes, who has been burnt toast for the yeah. vast majority of this season every yeah. time he's gotten opportunities to go out there into the game. I, honestly, I, I know he's been a healthy scratch for much of the season. I would rather see DeAndre Baker get an opportunity in this game. Really? Absolutely. Well, no, At least he's you got feel like size. You, yeah. You feel like you know what you're going to see from the uh, the uh, uh, from this, this, he's this no version good. this version of J.C. Pearson. Uh, burnt <laughs> Toast. That's uh, That was his nickname uh, <laughs> that my, my father-in-law said everyone in his family called him Burnt Toast. This is um when you said that I thought of J.C. Pearson. This is the modern day J.C. Pearson. J.C. Pearson to you, yeah, a legend, yeah, a legend. Uh, by the way, Vern, it wasn't J.C.'s fault. It wasn't just his fault. <laughs> we're getting <laughs> too personal. Show. That we're getting too That's deep. The big now. show shit. That one guys are talking just, about. Just wasn't his show. <laughs> that wasn't his fault. Inside baseball, but but no man, like they don't like they're gonna have to hide. They're gonna have to give him help. And the thing that scares me is the person I think they would probably give him help with is 49. And that no. is, and, and that makes me even more. Can you, like, are you ready for this? It is Mike Hughes versus either Patrick or Cortland Sutton and 4-9 against Noah Fant. Like, that's going to happen on third downs. I feel better about Noah Fant on 49. Like I, as a Chiefs oh, fan, hold on, hold on. I feel Just better about Sorensen sure about that? Let, uh, let's think against through. Fan. Cortland Sutton against Mike Hughes. You feel better about that matchup for the Chiefs, Serta, than Noah Fant versus four nine? Correct. I, yeah, I I will side with BK a little bit on this because I think that Noah you side Fant, with him weekly. I think that Noah Fant is an incredibly talented Smart man. player. Noah Fant has not looked very good this season. Like he, he is, just, I don't know if he's banged up. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the injuries have taken a toll or whatever. He has not been very good for them this season. And he's still getting targets on a weekly basis. They're still treating him like he is a significant part of the offense, but he has not been the playmaker that we thought he was. That's not to say that he can't be, but yes, I would rather see that because Cortland Sutton has not been getting as many targets since Jerry Judy came back. But when Cortland Sutton gets targets, he is a playmaker. Cortland Sutton is a baller. They just gave him an extension, even coming off an ACL injury, because he's a baller, because he's a really good football player. He's a really good wide receiver who is one of, in my opinion, the best contested catch ball guys in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Like when he is healthy, he can go up and get the football better than almost yeah, anybody he really in the league. He, he has great ball skills. Great ball skills. So I mean, he's doing that for years. So I mean. I I I just think it, it's a nervous thing, and, and and with that, I think the I think that kind of ties to the last point uh, when the Broncos have the ball, fellas, is like I think there's there's going to be potential action in the passing game for the Broncos, but what the Chiefs have to offset is like the the Broncos when they've been really really good this year, it's been led by their running game. And they're two-headed monster, and they've got to slow down Williams and Gordon. We'll see if Gordon plays. Although he's been, what'd you say, sir? He's been missing. He's been doing this weekly, like yeah. he's like he's hurt or something. He's. Like, I mean, it's some of it's like kind of veteran rest, but he's been kind of banged up all year. Like he misses practices virtually every week and still plays. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, so we know he's gonna. I know we know that the Broncos are gonna be up for this and gonna play like 
uh, the way that Missouri plays Kansas uh, in basketball games. That this is this is it. This is the one they're circling. And we don't want to play that game this year. We're good. No, no. Can, can we still, can we push yeah, that one we'll off see. a couple of years, man? Yeah, I can still remember Corey Tate and guys like that coming around and playing like their their lives dependent on them. Uh, Wrong. Anyhow, they lost to Liberty tonight. Liberty. It's okay. They scored I've eleven points in Listen. the first half. I've seen Missouri, my uncle in a uncle, half. My uncle H, man, that's as bad as what Arizona State did last night. They, it they was so 10. bad. Uh, as my uncle H would say, Missouri plays like it's their Super Bowl. I don't care how many losses they have. <laughs> no, they play like it's their Super Bowl. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. They'll, they'll have some sort of Jason. They lost Sutherland at come home by nowhere. twenty against UMKC, Ron. At home, well, UMKC's got some really good guard play, but. Um, but they can't they, they can't let the Broncos run game be explosive in this too. Right. They're gonna I think they're gonna get some yards in the pass game, and I think the game is probably gonna lend them to having to throw the football, but they can't let the Broncos control the game in the run game. That that and that's the linebackers, the D line, that front seven, they've got to step up and at least shut that water down. And they've been good at that of late. Yeah. The, the run defense. What they did has with been... the Cowboys was really good too. Yeah. It's been really impressive, and it's been a total deviation from what we saw early in the season. They they stunk against the run early on. I mean, they were an absolutely atrocious. And if you look at the final numbers against Tennessee, you might be like, ah, eh, they weren't that great in that game. They they were really good defensively against the run against Tennessee, and ever since then they've been great. They gave up against uh, against New York seventy two yards on the ground. The next week one twenty two. The next week fifty, and then against the Cowboys eighty two. That every week it's been clearly a point of emphasis for them. If they're going to be able to win this game against Denver, it will happen defensively by shutting down this running game of Gordon and Williams. It feels like Melvin Gordon always has his best game of the season against the Chiefs. And Serta told us this beforehand, like Williams is the one that scares you because that yeah. guy has explosiveness. Melvin Gordon will get you for four or five yards a carry regularly. Javante Williams will get you through four or five regularly, and then he'll have one for 50 against you. And that's what you got to watch out for. So these linebackers, Willie Gay in particular, they're, they're going to be put to the test this week. Uh, Nick Bolton in the base defense will be, but Nick Bol or Willie Gay is the guy that, especially against Javante Williams, I'll be keying on. He's going to be a critical component to what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. But that's, that's just, if you're looking at ways that could, that could get away from them. Them controlling the game is is that part of it. All right, we got to play the game, oh, the sexiest game in the world right now, the sexiest game in podcasting right now. Certified or imposter? You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. This week, I, I, I've gone here. The Chiefs are coming off the bye week, and Andy Reid is, I believe, the greatest coach in the history of team sports, which is just football because no one else has a bye week. Uh, and coming off the bye week, he's 19-3 and three in his career. He's been amazing with the Chiefs, and he's got a sun Sunday night football home game against the Broncos. Certified or imposter, Serta, Andy Reid's success with the bye week do you think it's coincidence or do you think uh this is a real thing no, i think it's certified um this is like 
we talk about those Andy Reid opening game scripts and how early in the season it seemed like they were really struggling with those. Couldn't get them figured out. He's gotten that figured out now. Like I know for sure the Chiefs on Sunday night are going to open the game looking strong offensively. And you give him two weeks to put that together. It makes you feel like, oh, we might be able to get two touchdowns like on our first two possessions because Andy Reid's going to have so much time to build so much into that stuff. So I think it's totally certified. I'm with you. When you do this 22 times, you've got a pretty good shot of actually being legitimately good at it. You know, like sample size, huh? Yeah. Suddenly at this point, it's to the like early on, if it was 2006 and you were asking this question, Ron, I'd be like, I don't know maybe this is a little coincidental man you're 19 and 3 coming off the bye in the regular season that doesn't just happen now I would imagine a lot of those are against divisional opponents who he's just really good against regardless of when he plays them but yeah I I think this is very much certified in my opinion he's clearly good at self-scouting and coming out of the bye with new wrinkles that the opposition is not prepared for so i'm going certified here yeah this is this may be one of the most certified ones we've ever had as we said 19 and 3 but i think the interesting thing in this one is like i really want to see his greatness here um the chiefs have been stymied with this particular defense which we've talked about on this podcast and I want to I, – I honestly feel like, all right, Andy's had two weeks to play around with this. He knows exactly what Denver's going to do. They're, they're an opponent. And they do what has been successful regularly. That's like what their defense is and how it's built. They do what's been successful to the Chiefs regularly. What is he going to do to combat that? And I would like to see a couple Andy Reid wrinkles in this game that shows, Oh, Andy's like, Andy's been playing with some things during the bye week These two weeks that Andy's had off, he's been, he's been doing something that he's developed uh, in this bye week And I, so I, I think it's certified, obviously 19 and three, that's a 22 year. Uh, 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 what the hell sample size. Yeah. Sample size. Like it, it, that's real. Right. I mean, hell, if it was 15 and something, that's real. But, uh, but I do want to see uh, I do want to see what he brings to the table with these two weeks off in particularly against this style of defense. And hopefully it's something that's an answer moving forward because other teams are going to try to do this All right. in this game. The Chiefs, uh, they're in first place. They can stretch this lead out some more against Denver Sunday night football at Arrowhead on the road. Uh, that snake. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth will be doing the game. The snake Al Michaels. Yeah, he's he doesn't he's, like Al Michaels. He he's like Al. he's he's Jay Leno right now. Uh and and Mike Tarico <laughs> is Conan O'Brien, and it's pathetic what he's doing. And, well, Mike Tarico was terrible last week. Terrible. We're, we're terrible. all on Al's time. I don't even, I don't right? even care Al, if he's terrible. Al gets to leave whenever Al wants to leave. Like, he's going to Amazon next year, so you're fine. We'll take his ass on. He should have been gone five <laughs> years ago. All right. And like Jay Leno, he just at least hell, at least Jay had the common Man. courtesy of just moving up a half an hour. This this, this jerk. It's just and like no, no man. Nobody respects Mike Tarico. That's not true. Well. Mike's over here stuck doing the Kentucky Derby. He's over here. You know, luckily he got to do the Olympics. He's over here doing hockey. 
in, 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 in Notre Dame. You think that's what he planned on? You think he left Monday Night Football to do this garbage? No, Al was supposed to be out of here. And Al just said, nah, I'll stay. Brent, what are they going to send Musburger, Al to the Olympics? Yeah, right. No, send Al to pastor. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to. I don't think we can say that. I don't think we can say that. <laughs> no, I did. Yeah, send him to broadcasting pasture. No, just reti- retire, man. Yeah, not, yeah. Like, advocate. No. They like put him No, down. because Al doesn't understand retirement. Because to, to retirement, Al, that to him means a wink. Uh, All right, just keep doing it. And nobody's gonna tell him. Well, Mike, just give him, just give him like a radio broadcast booth in a barn somewhere. You didn't see tell, the look. Tell him he's he's still doing it. You didn't see the look in the eye of Mike Tirico when he was doing the Kentucky Derby next to that other Randy Moss, <laughs> yeah. the expert. He just he looks like God, man. I'm not supposed to be here. My I'm buddy was a producer for our morning show, show, and he accidentally booked that Randy Moss, thinking it was the other <laughs> Randy Moss. That's it was amazing. It was so great. That's, fan- that's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. This dude started talking about horse racing, and his his host was like, "I thought we were talking about the Vikings. What is going on here?" It was amazing. That's great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Mike Tarico certainly didn't think he was going to be having to break in Drew Brees. Uh, in South Bend every week. But what's your prediction? Uh, Sunday night football, Broncos, Chiefs. Mine or BK's? Just no, mine, I'll go. Okay, I'll one go of you. Just go. I, you, you, didn't really one say, you didn't really say anybody. Uh, I, I don't remember if I go in. first or if BK goes Let's first. go, Serta. Okay, I'll go. I'll, I'll, okay, okay. So, Sunday night football, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos. I think the Chiefs are just a better football team, and I believe that coming out of a bye – Andy Reid's going to have them set up for success. I don't think the Broncos can score with the Chiefs when the Chiefs offense is playing well. And I think that they're going to get out to an early lead in this one. I like the Chiefs 31 to 14. I agree with everything Serta just said, other than the specific score. I think the thing that I am most interested in in this game is what the Chiefs are going to be able to do offensively. I said that this is the prove it game for them. I need to see it first. I'm going to say Chiefs win this one 26-16. to They end up winning by 10. You feel pretty good about it afterwards, but you've still got some questions about the offense because they just weren't able to finish their drives. They got into the red zone consistently, weren't able to finish their drives. So I've got them winning 26-16 against the Broncos. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I think think this feels like uh, Washington – Philly, those games, um, and and I, I, but I still think there's going to be questions about the offense a bit. Like to me, if this was the Chiefs' offense we thought we were getting coming into the year, I think they would put forty on these jokers uh, at home uh, with that crowd going. But I, I do. I think I don't think it's close. I think the Chiefs' defense continues to play well because I think uh, Black Chad Pennington is 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 not is very in line with the quarterbacks they've been dominating lately. Um, I So I think it's like 27 to 10. Um, I, I think in that form, that fashion, and, and it's just going to be like, I think they're going to kick a couple of field goals where you're like, man, those are, those are drives that used to be six. Uh, so I go 27, 10, uh, the Chiefs win and continue this streak at Arrowhead. Fellas, great, uh, uh, a great job, Serta. I know you're excited about Sunday night football. You'll be up late uh, for the post game show. 
uh, who, who's going to be on there with you? Uh, this week, uh, my guy Rocky Magania is actually oh, out, Rocky. so it's going to be oh. me and Ron Cop. Uh, I'm really excited. It's the first time we've done a post game show together. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. So make sure you're locked into the Arrowhead Pride YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook immediately following the Chiefs game. Ron Cop, great. That's that's fantastic. I don't know why. I thought it might be Jim Edmonds joining you, uh, the old center fielder, but I guess I was off on that. Um, I don't know why you thought that. that. I, I thought that, that would have been great content. I don't know why you even thought he would have been in consideration. I, it was either him know. or Al Michaels, and we know he wasn't picking Al Michaels. God, what a snake, man. <laughs> Once again, Mike, and I and I know you're... Throw to the end. Be done. You're a bad guy too, Mike. But uh, it's just it's, it's heard some real bad stories about you too. But it's a shame, man. You shouldn't be here. All right, uh, that's uh, that's showing BK on the Chiefs. We are out.